Well, as it's a Mother's Day, I was thinking about some different things with mothers and uh, what God uh, does through them and all of the patience and kindness that they show. And a funny story. So yesterday, um, my mom told me about, she has a couple of my nieces that were over and my mom thought they should make some Mother's Day gifts. So they had put together some different models and they were painting these pictures and there was purple paint because little girls and purple and pink and there was purple paint that they were using well they mom told them to go into the bathroom and wash their hands and clean up they come out with purple beards and mustaches they had put it all over their face and they thought it was the funniest thing and uh, a little bit later they came back out and then they went back in and they finger painted the bathroom purple all over the white wood walls and on the mirror and it was everywhere so they had to clean it up and it was a little bit of a challenge for them but I was reminded of you know she thought it was kind of funny too the patience and the kindness of mothers in the midst of all of the challenges that we sometimes present mothers and grandmothers and we can be grateful for that. And so if you have, um, maybe there's a lady who's been in your life, who's been a physical mother or a spiritual mother who meant a lot to you. Maybe she uh, has passed on. Maybe she's still around in your life, but put on our Facebook comment or on our YouTube page, what is something a characteristic or a story of how she has helped you? We're grateful to mothers who have helped us become the people we are today both those who have been physical mothers and spiritual. And maybe you're a lady and you don't have any children of your own, or maybe you didn't have a mother that was there for you and didn't get to have that in your life. But uh, we have those who have been spiritual mothers to us, and we also have the opportunity to be a spiritual mother to others who there is... Um, those who have invested in us and helped us to grow in our spiritual life, just like a mother does when they care for us and they help us to mature to a place where we can make decisions on our own and live on our own. So also there are those who'd invest in our spiritual lives like that. And so let's uh, be thinking of them and be commenting those. We want to be able to talk to you about the stories of what God's done uh, in and through your lives. And uh, so and also, mothers are a really great uh, example of Jesus and his love for us and how God is there and his patience and kindness to us. And so um, we're going to be looking today at Jesus and how he interacted with women, how he treated women. And so maybe, you know, don't men don't check out because uh, Jesus is the ultimate example and what is it they say that men can never understand how women think? Well, maybe you might not be able to understand how they think, but if you use Jesus as an example, you'll learn how to how they appreciate being treated. So uh, be listening in for that. So something that Jesus did, it's interesting. Women were very important and significant to Jesus. He incorporated them in the stories and illustrations that he gave in his sermons. He uh, had them as followers. He healed them. He gave them a voice. 
in a society where uh, it wasn't very common for women to be heard and to be uh, where they got to experience the teaching of a rabbi. Jesus incorporated them in that. They were important and significant. And each person, just like Julie said, his eyes on the sparrow, and uh, not even a sparrow falls. Each person is important and significant to him. And so in Luke 7, 36, uh, we find the story. Jesus goes to a religious leader's house, and they're having dinner. And as they're having dinner, so there's the custom of when you would go to somebody's house, they would wash your feet and give you oil to anoint your head because there were dusty roads, they were wearing sandals, and you didn't want to track dirt all over the house. And so it would be an appropriate thing to wash your feet. Also, since they reclined while they ate, you didn't want to be having somebody's dirty, dusty feet near the food. And they gave uh, oil to anoint their head to refresh and to help them to... uh, just like it's a dry climate, and you know the summertime when your hands get really dry and things, and everything seems to get drier. That's what, uh, especially if you go out on the prairie, less here in Spearfish, then there's a, that, that oil helps to refresh you. And so Jesus goes, and they're having dinner, but the, the religious leader didn't offer water to wash his feet. He didn't offer oil for Jesus' head, and he didn't give him the common courtesy that was typical in that day. And a woman comes, and it says that she is a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town. And in, in the big houses at that point of rich people, like, you know, somebody just walks into your house today would be a little weird. It wasn't quite like that then. But this lady comes when she hears Jesus is there. And she comes, and she begins to, uh, she has heard the teaching of Jesus. And she realizes the importance and significance and the love of Jesus. And she starts to weep and wash Jesus' feet with her hair. And she pours out this perfume on his feet. And she's kissing his feet. And she is showing this extravagant love of Jesus and dedication to him. And the religious leader is offended by this, because she's a sinful woman, it says. We don't know what it is exactly, all the sins in her life, but she was known as a sinful person, which is kind of ironic since everyone is. And, uh, but uh, Jesus, the man thinks about him in his mind. He says, if Jesus was a prophet and really knew, if he heard from God, he would know what kind of woman this was, and he would not let her touch him. That was this guy's attitude. And Jesus says, Simon, I have something to tell you. And he says, tell me, teacher, which I think is also ironic because he's criticizing Jesus and he calls him teacher. And Jesus, he goes on to tell him about people. There's two men that owed a ruler money. And the one owed a lot and the other one a little. And they couldn't pay it, but the ruler uh, forgave both of the debts. And he asked, which one would love the ruler more. And Simon says, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. And he says, you have judged correctly. And he said, see this woman? She has shown her love for me. You didn't give me water to wash my feet. And yet she's washed my feet with her tears. You didn't give me oil for my head. And she has poured perfume out on my feet. And you didn't kiss me, give me a proper greeting for that point when I came in. But she has not stopped kissing my feet. He says, 
Her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much, because he who has been forgiven much loves much, but he who has been forgiven little loves little. And then Jesus says to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. He who has been forgiven much loves much. Sometimes we feel like the things, the sins in our life makes it so we're distant from Jesus and we can't come to him. But we find Jesus forgives this woman all of her sin. And he says that, see, she's forgiven and healed and set free. And all of these things, they inspire the love and devotion that she showed to Jesus. And I love it. He says, go in peace. That the turmoil, the, the suffering starts to ease and it's gone. In Luke 8, 1 through 3, so that's the passage right before this. And it all kind of ties together. It says, after this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. So just after this, he's going and he's traveling around preaching and teaching. It says the 12 were with him and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, and Susanna and many others. These women helped support out of their own means. Now, we have this woman, it just tells about this story, and then it ties in, Jesus continues, and we find that there's many other women that are involved. And the first thing that these women, uh, that they travel with Jesus, but it says that he had cured them, they've been cured of evil spirits and diseases. That there's these things that they have in their lives that Jesus had healed them and forgiven and set them free, just like the woman who had washed Jesus' feet with her tears and her hair. Just like that, these women have been forgiven and healed. Jesus healed the women from things that held them back from following him. There were things in their lives. If they had evil spirits, the, the spirits wouldn't have allowed them to spiritually follow Jesus. They wouldn't have been able to follow him. But Jesus set them free. And then some had diseases, and that would have made it, you know, it says Jesus went traveling from town to town to town. If they had these diseases, they wouldn't, one, they wouldn't have been able to, just like uh, there was much more uh, distancing when people were ill at that point, kind of like we're experiencing today with the coronavirus, with this distancing. If you had certain illnesses and diseases, especially uh, certain types of female diseases, then you wouldn't have been able to be around other people. There would have been this distancing. And Jesus healed them so they were able to follow him. They were able to socially be acceptable and they were able to physically keep up and follow him. They wouldn't have been able to follow him without his protection and his healing. So what does Jesus want to heal in you? There are hurts and pains that are too deep. And maybe there's something like that in your heart that you haven't been able to mention to anyone. That there's things in our hearts that are so deep and painful. You know, at that point, women were rejected and they were ostracized in society. Now, we don't have some of those social constraints today, but everyone, men and women, have experienced painful things 
in the past. And there's these hurts that are holding us back from following Jesus. Sometimes there's things that are even too painful, haven't able to mention them to anyone. And we think that our lives will never be free of the pain and the suffering. But Jesus can bring healing just like he did to them. He brought healing for them. Jesus can heal those things in you. We take it to Jesus and give him the pain in our hearts. Jesus can heal the hidden places in our hearts and the hidden pains. I had a uh, friend in college that she had some different things that happened in her life. She grew up in a home that was, uh, had a lot of addiction. Every single person in her family was addicted to something or another, whether it was alcohol or drugs. And uh, she didn't have her father in her household. Her mother lived with different people and not in inappropriate relationships. And, but when she was a young teenager, she met Jesus. But there were things that were holding her back from being able to follow him. She lived in a home where her brother was dealing drugs out of the home, and it was a very difficult atmosphere to follow Jesus. She told her mom, you either have to clean up this place or I'm moving out as a 14, 15-year-old. And her mom didn't and so she moved in with her pastors, who became spiritual, a spiritual mother and father for her. And they took that place in her life. And they invested in her, and she lived with them throughout her high school and college years. And Jesus did a lot of miracles in her life. But there were things in her heart that he had to heal. And there were things that were holding her back from following Jesus. Those things in her family. It was very difficult to live for Jesus and that kind of an atmosphere as a young teenage girl. But God made a way. God can make a way for us to be able to follow him no matter the circumstances. If we give to Jesus anything that is holding us back from following, from following him, then he can make a way. Just like those women had to be healed of their diseases and set free from the spirits to be able to follow Jesus, he can make a way for us. It says that they left and they followed him. It says that there's the 12 who are with him and some women. They went with him from town to town, from village to village. They left everything and followed Jesus, just like the disciples did. They had to leave families and homes and pleasant circumstances of living in a house, the difficulties of being on the road all the time. They had to make those sacrifices too to follow Jesus. But Jesus made a way for him to follow him, both physically and spiritually. I think Joanna is a really good example of this. It says, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, manager of Herod's household. God had to make a way for her to be able to follow Jesus. Because for her husband to have given her permission to leave and follow Jesus, which was not the social standard for a woman to do at that point, meant Jesus had to do a miracle. We don't know exactly what happened. We don't know if, he, if her husband uh, was a follower of Jesus as well or what all took place. But we do know that Jesus made a way and a position him. So Jesus said, tax collectors, prostitutes, and sinners are entering the kingdom of heaven. Whatever pain, whatever suffering and struggles we've gone through, Jesus 
can remove the obstacles. This woman, Joanna, needed an obstacle removed for her to be able to follow Jesus. It wasn't a bad obstacle. Like, having a husband wasn't bad. It was a good thing in her life. And the social constraints of her society, though, made it so that she wouldn't have been able to follow Jesus without him doing a miracle. And sometimes there's things in our lives that we might feel like are holding us back from following him. But Jesus can make a way. And these women, they went with Jesus from town to town. They heard the good news of the kingdom. They saw his miracles. They were at his burial and his resurrection. And they were at the day of Pentecost. And they were part of sharing Jesus in this new day. They learned from Jesus just like the disciples did. They saw his miracles. They learned how he prayed. They experienced life with him. But they, and they did it in a day in their cultural age where it wouldn't have been necessarily acceptable, but still Jesus made a way in the midst of all of that. They, and they supported Jesus financially. And that is something that is really amazing, that God used them. And in that, they get to share in the reward of Jesus's ministry because of that support. And he did an amazing thing in our lives. Jesus wants to do the same in each one of our lives, in your life and mind. But maybe you feel like there's too much in your life to leave it to extravagantly follow Jesus. Maybe you feel like, yes, I'm a Christian, I'm following Jesus, or maybe I'm on the edge, but there's these things that are holding you back from doing what Jesus is calling you to. Just like Jesus called these women, there's things that he's calling you to do too. Maybe you feel like you can't. In Luke 10, 38, it says, uh, now, as they went their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, why are you anxious and troubled about many things? But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now, this is a really interesting thing. You know, Martha wasn't doing things that weren't important. They were still important things, things that probably needed to be done. And it was something that it would have been necessary for thing, that, those things to happen. But she didn't understand at this point that Jesus could have done a miracle and he could do miracles in her heart, just like uh, Mary's. And the question is, what miracles would Jesus have done to make it so Martha could sit and listen if she had chosen to? See, Jesus wouldn't have given her the option of sitting and listening if there wasn't a way for him to do a miracle. And we, Jesus always calls us to do things that are beyond our capabilities and beyond what is physically possible. Jesus is calling us to do things and be involved with his ministry and to follow him that's beyond our own strength. And just like that, though, he can do a miracle. 
Jesus could have done miracles just like he fed the 5,000 and the 4,000. Jesus could have done a miracle to make it so Martha could sit there, but he was waiting for Martha to want to sit there. And just like that, there's things maybe in your life. Maybe you're a young mom and you have children that you feel like uh, you're always having to give your attention to your young children. And because of that, you can't take the time to do the things God's putting on your heart right now to do. But if we take the time and we ask Jesus to help us and to do a miracle, he can make a way for us to sit at his feet and to be a part of the things he's called us to do. That there's all of us will have excuses and reasons in our life that we can't extravagantly follow Jesus. We will all have things at different points that are holding us back from fully following him. But we don't have room to make excuses because God can make a way for us to sit at his feet. God always intends for us to do things we cannot do without his help. Jesus is calling you to follow him in ways and places that might feel impossible right now. But if we release it to Jesus and ask him to do a miracle, just like he did for the women to be able to follow him, he cured their diseases, set them free from spirits and sin, and he could do miracles so they could sit with him if we release it to Jesus, the things in our lives, and we ask him, maybe it's the hurt and pain in our heart. Maybe it's obligations. Whatever the things might be, Jesus can do a miracle. What areas do you need Jesus to do a miracle in so you can follow him? As we wrap up, let's pray and ask Jesus to heal the things in your heart, in my heart, the deep and painful things. There's nothing he can't heal, nothing he can't touch in our lives. And so let's ask him to heal those things. Maybe it's something you've never been able to say to anyone because it hurts too much. Give those things to Jesus. Ask him to bring healing. Ask him to do a miracle. Ask him to help you with the obligations because when we give them to Jesus, he can do miracles if we sit at his feet. Jesus, you can do so much in our hearts. We know that you can do amazing things. We ask that you would help us heal our hearts. Help us to give you the things in our lives that are holding us back from following you. That you would touch us and help us to follow you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus has a plan for your life. You're important and significant to him. He sees you and he's saying, follow me. And there's nothing, no hurt, nor sin, nor obligation that can hold us back because with God, all things are possible. So take some time today and talk to Jesus. Let him bring that healing Put on some worship music and listen. Ask him to bring that healing to your heart. Give your obligations to him and the things that are in your life that are so busy keeping you from sitting at his feet and extravagantly following him like these women did. Give those things to him and let him 
multiply your time and let him do the miracles necessary. Trust him that if he's called you to do something, called you to follow him, that he will make a way for you to do it. But it's trusting him in the moment. He is calling each one of us to follow him. And when we follow Jesus, it's a life like none other.